TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, to Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Big, big Thursday here. Coming up to a very good football weekend. Don't forget, tomorrow on Friday's show, we're going to have our uh, traditional football Friday. We'll make our Beat the Schmoes football picks. we got all that coming up. We'll preview some of the games on today's show. Big Dog and a Coach with you till 11 o'clock. Producer on the other side of the glass or on the other side of the window, Payne. Sometimes known as the pain on the other side of the window. He's David Olson. He'll be with us throughout the entire show as well. Welcome. Phone number 888-463-6748. And we welcome you back. Everybody kind of, uh, kind of in an election uh, commendrum, if we will. A little bit of a depression post-election. All the build-up, the build-up, the build-up, and now it's kind of like in the, in a little bit of downswell. Everybody's kind of uh, figuring out exactly what it all means. Watch the Barack Obama uh, speech yesterday from 12 to 1 o'clock. I would argue any teachers out there listening, and I know our TalkZone.com show is very big with the teachers out there, particularly study hall teachers. Many study hall teachers say it's a great way of keeping the kids' minds off actual study. You listen to two guys in a mic, and, uh, you know, on occasion you might even educate yourself. But every school, every school should, you know, cancel history, forget Spanish for the day, take a break from algebra, and for one hour they should sit with teacher and watch that press conference yesterday, the reporter's questions, Barack Obama's answers. I'm not talking about from a Republican or a Democratic standpoint. I'm talking about current events, being up on the issues, where our country might be going, educate the youth from third grade all the way up through high school kids. Obviously, the teachers, depending on the age, would have to gear the conversation. You watch it for an hour, and then you have a little discussion, and our kids would be all the better for it. Very, very good. Barack Obama, very pensive was not the typical Barack. So we start off with a little sports guys talk politics. We'll get to some football, some great college games coming up on Saturday. I want to talk about that big slate of NBA games yesterday here in Chicago. Our beloved Bulls taking on the New York Knickerbockers. I'm going back with the Knickerbocker name now. I like that, the Knickerbockers. So we'll get to all that. We'll get to sports. We'll try to figure out what the hell is going on with our defending Stanley Cup champion, uh, Chicago Blackhawk. I, I think I know what the problem is. And I knew it the minute this guy was traded, too. So we'll talk about that, but um, getting back to my guy Barack and the speech. One of the complaints I hear, and David Olson, I know you're a fellow, a reasoned liberal, along with me. Notice how I said reasoned, because many people think out there, you know, that we're like the crazed over the top liberals. But um, one of the many complaints that people take shots at at Barack is he can't do anything without a teleprompter. Yeah, yeah, I hear that all the time, that everything is canned, that's all for me, can't speak off the cuff without a teleprompter. Someone sent a videotape to me uh, last week where he's talking to a kindergarten class with Arnie Duncan, the superintendent of uh, education for the country. 
and he's got the teleprompters in the kindergarten classroom. Now, admittedly, that didn't look good, but I tried to explain to the person who sent me the email that that was probably a national broadcast because yeah, Arnie yeah, Duncan was yeah, behind his, his, he, he presented a speech on education yes. before yeah. talking to the kindergartners. Yeah. And so, yeah, he had his... But a classic case of how an emailer could, oh, look, the guy can't even speak to a kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you must... Every, every politician uses them. Uh, just that, that's the way to cut him off at the knees because mm-hmm. he's, he has a way of making a speech. I mean, that's, that was one of his biggest, biggest things in getting elected is the guy could deliver a hell of a speech. Without a teleprompter. Well, regardless if it's with a teleprompter or without, I mean, it's just a way of cutting him off at the knees saying, oh, he's nothing without the teleprompter, yeah. which he's proved time and time again that's, that, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, well, those people don't realize that. And the point, the reason I brought that up is yesterday for one hour south, you got Barack Obama, the very, very human Barack Obama, without teleprompter, answering questions one day after getting absolutely lambasted. Okay, and he was uh, he was not defiant. He was very very pencil, very thoughtful, and uh, no teleprompters around. So all the people thought, and, and he spoke, I thought very articulately. And there there were times I wish he was a little bit stronger. But anyhow, we'll do a little sports guy talk politics. I believe we have checking in with us on line number eighty three, which is a very special line, uh, a very special person indeed. He is my normal co host here on the show and. There's many descriptions you can use about this guy. Normal is rarely, rarely used, but I thought I'd throw it in there for uh, humor, if nothing else. It is the big dog, Joel Rutwanski, checking in. Big dog! Yeah, what's up, Coach? I was a little surprised when you called me normal. I That's, don't usually get that. I know that. That's why I thought I'd embellish that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm out in beautiful Humboldt Park again. Lovely. Heck yeah, uh, the the bullets were whizzing by all night. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous this time of year. All night? What were you doing? An overnight security shift, or what were you? What were you doing no, all no, night? No, actually, yeah, I ended up staying at the at the McEwen Studios last night. And, ah. uh, you were just making a bunch of, of shorts and stuff. Okay. So, if you have an opinion about Donovan McNabb, Jamarcus Russell, Rex Grossman, Mike Shanahan. <laughs> You might want to check out the YouTube stuff that we're putting up tonight. I so. do want to. I do want to get into that. Why? How? I, I thought a, a big shooter like you would have stayed at like the Hyatt Humboldt Park. Well, uh, there is a Hyatt out in Humboldt Park, of course. Okay, but yeah, but it's it's Joan Hyatt, <laughs> and it, it's only it's and she charges by the hour. Coach. Oh, okay. Better have a strong back. Any any room? <laughs> any rooms available? Oh, there's plenty of room available. Oh, way too much room. All right, so now I have no idea what you're talking about. Tell me the website of what did you produce a show yesterday? Were you a guest? What explain oh, it no, for it's, more? It's, it's the Shy Town Mix stuff ah. again, and, and we're producing more of. Uh, okay. My picks are so bad, but our our hits <laughs> our hits are going up and up. But on my picks, mm-hmm. I, I can't make any more picks because uh, I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of like eight year old girls making fun of me <laughs> about my football picks. So I'm just going directly with. Uh, with comedy, and it, yeah. it's much better, Coach, to be hey, quite honest with you. Big dog for entertainment purposes only, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what the see. People don't realize it. When they're, when they're making fun of my picks, they didn't mm-hmm. read what I put in front of it. I am homeless and delusional. Okay, that's, <laughs> I was like, you know, do not follow these picks and think yeah. you're going to make any money. Yeah, you're making fun of yourself, and sometimes your picks are true. You get on a hot streak. More often than not, you're right, but I will tell you, and I've, I've known you long enough, there are very few people I've ever come across or heard, quote-unquote, 
more big-name experts that have a better feel for the game, that have a better knowledge of the game, and I'm talking in a high school, college, or NFL, and also a talent evaluation. Big Dog, you know the game of football. I'll give that much to you. Uh, thanks, Coach. That really means a lot to me. And that's why I don't understand why I can't pick a football game all of a sudden. Well, I'm putting this, I, that's what I'm trying to tell the, the, the producers over here in the yeah. q studios. I'm like, you know, I normally can pick a football game. And all of a sudden this happened, and you it's like – I've lost every game by a point. I think it's not just you. I think you could take the greatest experts in the world, and I don't know that they could pick over 50% of the football games in the long run. Right? I mean, if they would, they wouldn't be. They can. They can. Uh, They they can. 53% is the magic number, though. You know, you have to, if you pick 50%, you're still losing money, Coach. Yeah. And even that, you know, all right. So the greatest football minds, the guys who know the best about the best predictors in the world. Big deal. They get it right 54% of the time. They're also right. Wrong, 46%. It, it, it furthers my conclusion that it's uh, no matter what your knowledge, it's impossible to pick games for the most part. Yeah, you're in a good mood today, Coach. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that when we start mm-hmm. doing talk, uh, sports guys talk politics. And by the way, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who won any of the elections on Tuesday. Zero, mm-hmm. none. I paid no attention to it. I can care less. All I just assumed is a bunch of crooked people that were paid by yeah. somebody else to get in and, and pass laws and, and, and give out uh, handouts mm-hmm. were, were put in the office, whether they be Republican, whether they be Democrat. Yeah, that's, it's, a little... that's one thing. It, that's, that's, and maybe you say I'm jaded and all that stuff, yes. but I have no idea who won any of the elections okay. this weekend. Well, that's a little jaded. It's a, certainly there's, there's that aspect there. I think we're all somewhat disgusted with politics. I think your comments might be a little bit jaded. Hopefully there are some good people out there. Hopefully we can turn it around a little bit. And again, I, I, I can't advocate lack of knowledge on a big dog. If you just turn your head to it and say it's the way it's always going to be and I'm disgusted with it, well, it will always continue. So I, I uh, urge you, urge you to become uh, involved while you're staying at the Hyatt Hill Humboldt Park. Well, there, there's no, uh, the, since I'm at the Joan Hyatt and not the regular yes. Hyatt, I, uh, you know, there's no television here. And I'm afraid to go outside and actually get the newspaper. So that's it, a it, problem. I, I, yeah. So it, and to be honest, in my handheld, has, I, I just mm-hmm. keep on getting these pictures of Chrissy Yamaguchi. So it's it's. I've had a very uh, I've had a very difficult time to figure out who easy. actually won the election. Take it easy on the Yamaguchi aspect. Uh, uh, let's see, emailer uh, Sergeant Serlin wants to know if the Joan Hyatt Hotel does the elevator go to the top. I don't know what he means by that. But I thought I'd throw that uh, email out to you. Uh, no, everything's always going down, Coach. <laughs> Not sure that was the answer Sergeant Surley was looking for, but if you want to uh, write us an inane email, we might read it over the air. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. By the way, Lonely Lisa sent you a couple of emails, big dog, and uh, I can't read them over the air, but her name is Lisa, and she's extremely lonely, apparently. Uh, she's going to remain extremely lonely, Coach. I, I don't have a vehicle, and I'm stuck yeah. in Humboldt Park. And I, I'm not leaving until I get a Kevlar vest. <laughs> Do you get a who? A Kevlar vest. <laughs> what is a Kenmar vest? A Kevlar vest. Is that a protective cover? It's yeah, bulletproof yeah, it's a vest. Ah, ah, okay. I figured as much. I just, you know, I'd never heard that exact term. I'm, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm going to become a prima donna. The more hits I get on this show, Coach, the more mm-hmm. of a prima donna I'm going to become. Yeah, ChitownMix.com. We encourage the uh, the hits just keep on coming. Uh, C-H-I, ChitownMix.com. The big dog is featured out there. And, uh, by the way, I know you didn't follow the election. Speaking of the hits just keep on coming, they won't be coming as 
quite as often out in the fine state of California, Proposition 19 Big Dog did get defeated. There will be no uh, legalized marijuana in California. I apologize well, to you uh, and yours. The, the, there's no legalized marijuana in California? Uh, the proposition got shot down, 56% okay. to 42 Okay, so the, considering that it had won the previous six times, it went up for uh, voting. Yep. And all of a sudden, now it's, it's – that's, that's such garbage. That's it's moronic. Okay. Oh, I can I can go on and on about this. I, I'm disgusted by it, Coach. The hits just keep on coming. This could be a new segment on the uh, Two Guys in a Mic show. Our, our uh, update on the marijuana outlook in America. We'll call it the hits just keep on coming. But did you see who won? The mafia is behind that. I guarantee you. Well, that could be too. That's a whole different show. Did you see who won the governorship of the fine state of California? I, I I'm taking it. It was not the governor. Moonbeam. No, no. Uh, Schwarzenegger is what, uh, David? Is he the senator? He's the gov? He's the, He's the governor, but there are term limits in right. California. Okay. So he has been term limited out. Uh, Moonbeam himself, Jerry Brown, is back as governor of the fine state of California. He was like the he was the pot smoking governor back when he was in his early thirties, right? In the hippie days. Yeah. You remember yeah. him, Big Dog? I don't know. We're of different generations. I don't know if you remember him that well, but he was. No, I do. I do. And yeah. I remember when he reigned for president back in 92 also. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I believe his party was called the Hits Just Keep On Coming. That was, I mean, I'm, that's, he's the first governor that ever admitted to dropping acid, I think. I think you're right. I'm sure a lot of them have, but he's the only one that actually admitted it. He yeah. was actually on acid when he was running <laughs> the president in 92. Yeah, but he, I don't know if it was acid related or the Hits Just Keep On Coming, but he had some great ideas. I actually liked most of his uh, most of his platforms, and then he got booted out under controversy. He was gone for like 15 years. Unbelievably, Jerry Brown is back as governor of the fine state of California. No, no, no it, was, uh, it was longer than that. It was seven. It was uh, years? 27 years. Yeah, time flies when the uh, hits years. just keep on coming. And he was California's youngest governor. Yep. <laughs> and he's going to be their <laughs> oldest governor. That's great. I love it. It was for me as a Democrat, Big Dog, a very discouraging evening. The fact that Jerry Brown won, the hits weren't coming to me that evening, but it kind of had the same effect, if you know what I mean. I I understand where (laughs) you're coming from. So I I take it the Republicans won a bunch of seats. Yeah, you really are out of it. You need to get out and read. uh, I don't know what happened, Coach. Okay. Yes. so. Republican groundswell, from particularly for the congressional seats, they picked up like 55 to 60 seats. It was a, a, wow. a fairly large. It wasn't a complete landslide because the Democrats did hold on to the Senate. They won some close uh, governorships, some close senatorships. So we likened it to a boxing match yesterday. They took some punches, no question about it. They were knocked down. Unanimous decision for the Republicans. It was not a knockout. The Democrats did live for another day. Well, uh, I, well I, for you, I guess that's good, huh, Coach? Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't say it was a good night. It was a bad night for the Democrats. It could have been worse. And by the way, the governorship in your fine state of Illinois, Big Dog, still up for grab. Bill Brady has not conceded yet. There's only a couple thousand votes between them. But uh, here really? in the fine state of Illinois, Brady and Quinn, looks like Quinn is going to win. But Bill Brady is uh, hanging on those last few votes. Yeah, I know somebody that works for Pat Quinn and uh I gotta tell you something. That guy, it's uh, it's basically handout after handout if you're in that administration, coach. Yep. So I, I need to get a job working for that guy. Oh my god. Well, you're in the you're in the tax collection business now. Real estate tax collection. Uh, 
property tax, I should say. Yeah, forget that. Don't say collection. I I recoup overpaid yes. real estate taxes in, in yeah. Cook County for homeowners. So Life. if you're out there and you've owned a home for a couple of years, you might want to contact me because I could probably get you a check for a couple thousand dollars. Life is going to be very good for you. Stick to the keep the job because the next couple of years is going to be very good for you because Joseph Barrios, the, uh, the ultimate Democratic machine insider, got reelected against all odds. Not against all odds, but against all every newspaper. Every educated opinion said, don't vote for this guy. Forrest, yeah. Forrest Claypool, the independent, that's the way to go. But the ultimate insider, the Democratic machine, went in full gear, and he won uh, quite easily. So your uh, property tax, I don't want to say collection, but whatever term you want to use. Yeah, we, we, we recoup it. We're the t- uh, we'll, taxpayer advocate group. So. You'll be recouping a lot of pooping in the next couple of years. You know, uh, a very, very, very close friend of mine, extremely close, yeah. uh, worked uh for an internet company that ran Barrios's, uh, uh, website. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, let me just, let me just say this admittedly. This company that I used to work for gouged every single, uh, customer that they had and gave them charges that, uh, were not only illegal, they were wrong. They never did anything and they would be like, Hey, we did this, this, and this. They, this guy was, he's a, he's a diehard Democrat and he, he still overcharges Barrios guy. They never even questioned anything. They were charging this guy like a hundred grand a month and no one ever even, no one ever even questioned what was going on. That's mm-hmm. how much money that these people have. They just throw money away, coach. Yeah. I can't even explain. I mean, like when he started telling me this, he's like, he's like, what must be going on that these guys just pay $1.2 million and don't even question what the heck is going on. How much money does, does this guy have? I mean, seriously, that's, that's kind of strange, Coach. Yep. I know it's just like yeah, I see a bill for $100,000 in the uh, in the mail, and I'm, I'd be like, you know, what What do these people do for us? They did, they just wrote the check and just sent it in. Yeah, that's just it's disgusting. That's the only, that's the best description that you can put for it. It's intolerable. And it's uh, it's disgusting to see that kind of waste, that kind of corruption. And uh, here, our fine city of Chicago, Cook County, votes them in at 56%. So the uh, disgustingness, if you will, will apparently continue. He got 100% of the vote out here in Humboldt Park, by the way. Yeah, I'll bet he did. I'll yeah. bet he did. Big dog and a coach with you up until 12 o'clock. Dog football Friday tomorrow. I'm going to be out of studio. I will call in with my Beat the Schmoes football picks. It'll be you and Brian Bauer. And, folks, if you haven't heard Bauer and the Big Dog together, the two of them collectively, arguably, arguably one of your best shows on, on radio. We don't get them often, but tomorrow will be a day. Football Friday. we got a big weekend coming up, Big Dog. And uh, college football, there's a lot of quality matchups. West Coast, Midwest, not so much in the Big East, but uh, and one down south I know you're going to be watching, which is uh, Alabama having to overcome a fighting uh, Tiger team from LSU. But a good Saturday of football, is it not? Oh, every Saturday is a good Saturday of football, Coach. And, uh, you know, i got to be honest with you, I have no idea who's playing who this weekend. Uh, let me throw some out at you. Okay. How about, well, we'll start it off with the one I just mentioned, Southeast Conference fervor football at its best, Alabama, taking on the Louisiana State University Fighting Tigers at LSU. That was the only game that I knew of this weekend. And, and folks, things are really going to go up for grabs after LSU beats Alabama and then later on in the year Alabama beats Auburn. Oof. So I got to tell you, if you're a Boise State fan, if you're a Texas Christian fan, you are rooting for LSU big time in this game, mm-hmm. big time. So, uh, and, and legitimately, coach, when uh, uh, both defenses uh, of these teams 
are, are some of the best in the country. LSU, every single player on LSU's defense is going to make it in the NFL. Every single one will be picked. Coach. Wow. That's how good LSU's defense is. Uh-huh. All right. So they got a great chance at home. Yeah. It's so like when LSU's defense and Alabama's offense is out on the field, you want to watch that because you're talking about college football at its highest yes, level. That's the uh, the immovable object against the irresistible force. Alabama's offense always on the move. They can run. They can throw. And you got the great LSU defense. So that's uh, a matchup to watch. Gerald McElroy throwing the football. The uh, Heisman Trophy candidate from last year, Mark Ingram. Thank you very much. And yeah, he's he actually got, won it. He wasn't just a candidate coach. He yeah. he was the winner of the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, he's got another running back working with him this year. What did I say? I meant candidate for this year, although I, he's kind of on the outskirts right now. But he's got another kid running the football with him this year that's almost as good as Mark Ingram. So Alabama's running game is awesome. Yes. His name is Trent Richardson. Yes. And this kid is uh, – if, if both those guys went pro – Mark Ingram would be like the the tenth player selected, and Trent Richardson would be the eleventh player selected by uh, whatever player in the in, in the but whatever team in the in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. That good coach. Yeah, you you watch Mark Ingram run the ball. His he looks like an NFL runner playing college football. That's the best compliment I can give. Him. Absolutely. All right, other games out there. Uh, not many of our Midwest fans are aware of this. And again, uh, any of our folks out there, throw the phone number out again. You want to talk a little. Sports guys talk politics. The elections are still out there. We're picking up some of the residue from Tuesday night. Uh, and certainly talk some football with us, talk some sports. 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open for your uh, perusal. Again, 888 How about Texas? Christian University taking on Utah. Very quietly, Big Dog. That's a number five taking on number six. TCU. At Utah. Tell us a little bit about that West Coast struggle. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, I think, the best football game of the week. And just, just to let people know, Utah, everybody's talking about Boise State. Everybody's talking Texas Christian. To me, honestly, I think Utah might be the best of the non-qualifiers, uh, the non-automatic qualifiers. Utah is leading the country in offense. They're second in defense. And you know who they're second in defense to, Coach? LSU. Texas Christian. Wow. So, I mean, I do realize, I think LSU's defense, you know, they have all the NFL players, but statistically, Texas Christian has the best defense in the in the NCAA. So this is one heck of a matchup out there, and this is also the week that Texas Christian pushes themselves ahead of Boise State because mm-hmm. of the – and then again, if Utah wins this game, this will really throw a monkey wrench into everything. And uh, the Boise State, I, I know, is rooting for Utah. Because uh, I don't think Utah is going to be able to pass Boise State, even if they beat Texas Christian. We'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. But this is a huge game in terms of the national championship, especially if you're one of those people that is smart enough to realize there's losses ahead for Auburn and Oregon. Yep. And in two teams that have been fairly consistently in the top ten, but except for the uh, the high-level following fan like yourself, for the mid-level fans out there, not many people know much about a Texas Christian or a Utah. The loser of this game is going to fade a little bit. The winner, though, I think all of a sudden will gain the attention of the everyday college football fan. The winner becomes a player, I think, the rest of the way. You're exactly right about that, Coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially for Texas Christian. And, you know, it's sad to say, but there's so many uh, teams that, like, the way the voters vote is, oh, they vote the same way on August 30th. They want to like almost prove they were right at the beginning of the year. So mm-hmm. if Texas Christian wins, they'll really get a like a big uh, a lot of energy out of it. If Utah wins, 
they will obviously get a lot of momentum, but they're not going to get as much as this Texas Christian win mm-hmm. because for some reason it's hard for people to move up. I don't know what it is. Why can't people just be like, hey, this Utah team is better than we thought in, in, in August? You know, but they just always tend to go back to keep things in the same order as it was at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. We have sent a uh, – speaking of the BCS standings, by the way, David Olson, our producer, a couple of his uh, – find interns that we're hoping to gain on Stafford. We have sent an application in for us here at the two guys and uh, two guys at a mic show to actually get a BCS vote, maybe get a, uh, a UPI college football vote to have a little influence in the voting. David, as of yet, we have not heard a response. Is that correct? Uh, the only response we've gotten is insane laughter. That was it. Not just laughter, but insane laughter. Insane laughter. Okay. <laughs> Get off me, please. <laughs> right. Once again, Big All right, that's enough of that. Once again, Big Dog, we are the Rodney Dangerfields of the sports talk world. Absolutely no respect, but you'll be happy to know, Dog, we did put your application in, and apparently it has been uh, turned down. But at least apparently they found some humor in the application. I'm glad we could entertain them. You're putting in applications. I don't want that job. Yes, you do. Does it pay? No, it doesn't pay. It's all about respect. But as a uh... well, no, 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 I'm not doing anything anymore that is not going to pay me. I'm, you know what? Like late the other day, I I did stuff that without payment, and mm-hmm. the guy just used me the whole time. So I don't care. I don't care about the respect. I don't care about okay. anything. If it leads to other money, yes. Will right. the coaches pay me to uh, like you know backdoor <laughs> payment? <laughs> no, they won't do that. I guarantee you. That was the response we got from the regular application. If we have David Olson sub- resubmit the application demanding some payment for the vote, I don't know. If we, we might get more than a laugh track. We might get uh, we might get something coming in the mail that might be ticking. So uh, let's not hold our breath on that. But at any rate, we got a couple of good games there. How about in the Midwest? Talk a little college football here when we take our first break, folks. We'll come back, talk a little NBA and NHL to wrap up the uh, baseball season. Got a couple thoughts on the San Francisco Giants, their parade yesterday. But uh, big dog here in the Midwest, a couple of interesting matchups. Uh, Michigan at, or I'm sorry, Illinois travels to Michigan, plays the Wolverines. Hard to believe, but Rich Rod and company have lost three in a row. For Illinois, this could be a game that could take them to the next level. Pretty good matchup here in the Midwest. Yeah, Michigan is favored in this game, which I guess is just the way people think about you know Michigan and Illinois. But it's a big game for the Fighting Illini coach because if they win out, they can end up playing in a pretty big bowl. You know what I mean? They you know they might not play in a death com bowl. They might even be able to play in like a regular bowl, which would be really nice. But uh, it's uh, this is a nice matchup for Illinois because. Uh, Michigan's defense isn't exactly stout is the best way for me to put it. And Illinois' offense is, is average, average at best, but their defense is, is phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal, Coach. It might be the best defense in all of the Big Ten. Yeah. So I, as an Illinois fan here, I think we're sitting pretty. I'm glad they're underdogs. I'm glad people are still underestimate, underestimating them. And uh, I, I really think this is a, it's Illinois laying in the weeds. This could be uh, like maybe one of those program – awakening type yeah. game. It and really can be for them. That's why I think it's such a great matchup. And uh, for Michigan side of it, as we speak for the Big Blue here, uh, and you'll be talking to a Michigan fan tomorrow, by the way, Brian Bauer, so you can have a little uh, 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 partake between the Illini fan, you and the Michigan fan, Brian Bauer. That might be fun. But for Michigan, it's a crossroads game as well, Big Dog. Three losses in a row. They've collapsed the last couple of years. 
Uh, they can still have some success, some good success this year, but they need to beat Illinois, get back on track. A loss to Illinois at home, and this thing starts to fall apart for Rich Rod and company. So I would argue critical game for the Illini, but also watershed game for the Wolverine as well. Uh, Rich Rodriguez's wife and his girlfriend have already packed and are, are getting ready to, to move to some other uh, university and the, the, where they're going to destroy that particular oh, really? program. Well, maybe he'll become a Chilean miner. This thing doesn't work out. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, Coach. Yeah, well, and he can have a wife. With you. He can have you a know, wife, girlfriend, and uh, a player to be named later. You know, I'm willing to sleep out in the woods for like a week and you know, and then have you come find me to get us some publicity, Coach. Uh-huh. And we got to keep this quiet, so everybody that is, all of our listeners, please don't tell anybody about this because we're we're just trying to get big here so we can get some sponsorship. We do need. Coach, we, I'm willing to do it. I, I'll 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 sleep in a hole for ten days okay. and then have you come discover me. It'll be a right. we can make it really beautiful and heartwarming like those Chilean miners. It's did. not bad. It's not bad. We need something for pub here, so that's not bad. A little gimmicky, a little gimmicky, but it's not bad. Not bad. We could send the rescue mission team out. You get a big story in the paper. Sports talk host missing. We could throw out all kinds of rumors. We'd have a lot of fun. We could even make it a contest with our listeners. Top ten things you think might have happened to the big dog. Uh huh. And then yeah. on national TV, once the election stuff has died down, we'll let Barack Obama return from his trip to India, and then you'll yeah, become. Yeah. By the way, it's the longest trip in the history of any U.S. president. No U.S. president has ever left the country for longer than what Barack Obama is going to be out the country. For. I think it's the most expensive trip too. Well, well, he must be bringing his wife then with him, and then his <laughs> and his posse. Uh, her posse or his posse? Well, her posse. Her posse is much more expensive. Mm-hmm. Cheap shot at Michelle. Well, if you're going to act that way, and she's the first lady of the United States of America, she should be able to accept a cheap shot, Coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to. To take seventy-five of my friends and put them into you know five-star hotels and party my butt off on the taxpayers' uh, dime, I have no that's, problem doing that's that. That's a lie, big dog, and you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I don't know that, what I'm talking that's about. A lie. I'm, I'm more than willing. To, how many how many people did she take that day? Just Hold on. took four friends, their kids, and the rest was security. Okay, that's right, security. Security. Because she does happen to be the first lady of the United States, so. They have to travel with security. This was the trip where to uh, s- that was the, the, the Spain trip over okay. the summer. Yeah, beginning of the summer caught a lot of flack for that. The conservatives. I, I, have, I have other people here saying that, that that it was more than four people. Interesting. We need a, we need a battle going back and forth. This is the big dog checking in from beautiful downtown Humboldt Park? Talk a little sports, guys. Talk politics here, but. Uh, uh, you know, I can't confirm or deny. I, I can confirm one thing. She took a lot of heat for it, I'll tell you that. And I'll confirm another thing. Conservatives will look for any opportunity to jump on Barack Obama and or his wife for any kind of expense. They're all firing on, on him for this India trip yeah, and how you, much it's going to cost. You, you realize I'm not a conservative coach. No, but your friends are. No, no, I'm just, no, well, I, I have friends of all different yeah. faiths a, and creeds. You're a libertarian and you are also a global warming enthusiast. Yeah, big time global warming enthusiast, coach. <laughs> Love the stuff. Heck yeah, and and hopefully it keeps on continuing being warm. I do. As someone without a vehicle and you know yeah. and a job, it's very difficult taking yeah. you know riding the bike in December. We're gonna get you a vehicle. We're we're, we're, we're somehow, some way through listenership through a general manager, get the big dog a vehicle will be our uh, our creed and motto by by next week. You will be vehicular. Are you serious? By Somehow. next week, Somehow. next week you're going to figure. Do you realize? Somewhere. I will actually be hey. able to make money. Blue. 
I hope so. That, that, don't don't tease me like that, Coach. Seriously. We're going to find a way. Okay, that would be good. We are going to find a way. Um, real quick, before we go to the break, when I come back with some other stories, i, I got to bring up Zenyatta, too, because I won't be on tomorrow's show. I'm a longtime Breeders' Cup fan. But uh, uh, let me quickly mention another Midwest game I think pretty interesting, Northwestern University, another team on the cusp of taking that next step and maybe getting yeah. to a decent bowl game, taking on a suddenly resurgent Penn State team. At Penn State, big challenge for Northwestern and uh, Pennsylvania State. Maybe back on the map after their whitewash of Michigan last week, Big Doug. Interesting game. Yeah, it is an interesting game. And a lot of people were all over Penn State because, you know, they weren't that great at the early year. But when you're playing with a, a freshman quarterback who's bad, forget about the fact that he's a freshman. Because, you know, like I, I've defended uh, Nathan, Nathan Shieldhouse of, of Illinois all year saying he was a freshman coach. But, the guy was a freshman, and he was bad. Yeah. Okay, this Bolden kid, and all of a sudden they're getting a quarterback situation straightened out. And, and you know, it's funny, two weeks ago, well, the Joe Paterno's got to retire. They destroyed Michigan, and all of a sudden everybody loves Joe Paterno again. When people mm-hmm. just let leave that man alone and let him coach and let him decide <laughs> to go when he wants to go. But you, you, you're, you're exactly right. This is a big game in, in terms of uh, if Northwestern can win this game, this will give them some serious credibility around the country. Mm-hmm. And... All of a sudden, you know, like uh, on November 20th when Illinois takes on Northwestern, that could end up being a huge game. That could be the difference between them going to the Meineke Car Rental Bowl, yeah. bowl and going to like the Peach Bowl or don't something like that. Don't you dare knock them on. I'm a longtime fan of the Meineke Car Bowl. What's it called? The Meineke? I don't know. I just I made, I made it up. Coach. Yeah, it's a great bowl game. And we might even have a special with a, a one-hour special on the two guys in a mic show on great highlights from the Meineke Car Bowl bowl games from days gone by. But let me just say this about Pennsylvania State. One of their other keys is they got a guy named Evan Royster who became the all-time, yeah. the all-time leading rusher at Penn State. Think about that, folks. From Franco Harris and Matsui all the way to Lydell Mitchell and uh, uh, Curtis Enos and, and a couple other busters in the NFL. But great, great running back. Evan Royster, the all-time leader. Big dog, first half of the season. Evan Royster was asleep. He has woken up. I don't know what the hell was going on with the guy, but he's starting to run like the Evan Royster we saw the last couple years. Well, he's finally getting a little bit of room to run. I, I, I am not going to rip Evan Royster for having a slow start to this year because, you know, when you're running into a brick wall, when the 11 people are within five yards of the line of scrimmage, it's kind of hard to actually find some room. And uh, do, you know who, do you know who he beat? Which record he beat? You didn't even mention this guy's name, Kurt Warner. Yes. For, they, they, a great, I mean, you a, see, yeah, Penn State has had some great running backs. You didn't mention... Uh, Kajana Carter. Yep. You didn't mention John Capaletti. Oof. You know, there's, there's some really, really good. I mean, I'm surprised you said would... Curtis Venus. I mean, here, by the way, that's a square well, word if you're in Chicago. Yeah, it is, but he was a great college running back. Just uh, not to get too far off track, but the only school I can think of, at least off the cuff, with uh, as much depth of great running back tradition as Penn State would be USC. Am I missing yeah. another school, Big Dog, or? No, no, no. Those are the two coaches. Okay. Honestly, those are without a doubt. When you, when I think tailbacks, I think USC. I think Penn State. Cause you, you, you go to USC and it's, yeah. you know, Reggie Bush, Lundell White, and you know Joe McKnight. The last couple oh, of years, some guy like, oh, that's pretty good. But, or Renfield James Simpson. Oh yeah, OJ Simpson. Not only, not only is he a guy that was quick enough to get away with murder, for his size, he, he may be one of the greatest running backs yep. ever. I put him in my top. Five all time and maybe the best all around. Most elusive with the greatest uh, elusive moves, Barry Sanders. The greatest breakaway back, the most explosive, the guy you want to just hold your breath, Gallup and Gale Sayers. The best athlete, most physical, best all around running back, Walter Sir Payton. The best pure runner, 
north, south, bowl over people, Jimmy Brown. But maybe, maybe the best all-around runner who combines all of that big dog might have been OJ. Yeah, it's too bad, you know, when people, when you, like back in the day, you say, man, he can just, you know, slash through a hole. You know, it's totally different how you think of that, about that comment, not with OJ Simpson. But, yeah, <laughs> Coach, I mean, the guy's 6'2", 220 pounds. Yep. And he would—he was one of the fastest people on the planet in his heyday. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you're exactly right. He had moves. He had vision. He had the vision mm-hmm. of Emmett Smith and the in the speed of, mm-hmm. of. I mean, legitimately one of the fastest running backs of all time. And he was 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the guy's one of the greatest players of of all time. He had Mike Garrett. Uh, what do you call it? Charles White. I mean, yeah, USC, mm-hmm. Penn State. Those are the great running back mm-hmm. schools of all time. Everybody calls Penn State the linebacker. You. I always said, no, they're running back you. Yeah. Illinois is linebacker you, by the way. I don't know if that's an either-or. Penn State has turned out some great linebackers. Illinois very underrated when you talk linebackers you. I will battle any Penn State guy on the planet over who has a better linebacker university. Boy, and I will take I will take Illinois in that battle every single day. Uh, and I know I'm a homer, and I admit it. Yeah. But when you start saying names like Buckus and Nitschke. Ham, Lambert. Okay, those those are pretty good. <laughs> Lambert didn't go to Penn State; he went to Kent. Yeah, close enough. Oh yeah, that's close. Well, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna battle, who's got the best linebacker? Yeah. Ball and don't forget, I'm gonna throw this one in there Uh-oh. just to make it worse for you, Matt Mellon. Oh, he Pen- went to Penn uh, yeah. State. Yeah, I mean, you could. There's they, they've had a lot of great ones. Illinois. Uh, did you mention Kevin Hardy? I did not mention Kevin Hardy. I did. I, I, I did not mention Dana Howard, who won the Buckus Award. Oh, the Buckus Award—that's the name for the best linebacker. Where did he go, Coach? Yeah, he went to <laughs> Illinois. Okay, Scott Studwell. If your name is Studwell, yes. I mean, either you're a horse or you're a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Mrs. Studwell would be thrilled to hear that. That's actually not a bad horn name. Horse name or horn name? Okay, uh, by the way, uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, one of my producers <laughs> yes, sir. said we're, that David Olson and I are, are both wrong, mm-hmm. that it wasn't 70 people, it was with 70 of her, I mean, 40 of her closest friends. So we just split it in half, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was basically uh, $73,000 for, for uh, the flight for all of her friends, just her friends. I can't believe that she brought 40 friends. I mean, that's according to this, this uh, internet site that I'm looking at right now, plus security, which was a lot more. CBS News, by the way, dot com. Taking 40 of your friends. That's unacceptable. Yeah, and, 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 and these people that, they are definitely conservative, as a matter of fact, because one of them is holding a Bible, and mm-hmm. the other one is holding, uh, yeah, it's, it's, well, a crucifix, so. Interesting. And the other one is saying, take a line and, uh, take Illinois in the points this weekend. Oh, definitely take Illinois in the points. Plus three and a half? Are you kidding me? Illinois is going to keep it close. That's a lot, Coach. Oh, goodness. A hey, lot. don't forget Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. You need a little college football fix to uh, tonight. That's not a bad game. Virginia Tech, Frank Moonbeamer and company, they're back. They're going to win a bowl game somewhere like they always do. Baylor and Oklahoma State, big dog. Arizona at Stanford. Excellent game. Excellent. That is a heck of a. That's a heck of a ball game yeah, right there. So th- and let me throw one more out at you, just to uh, and you, you and Brian can talk more about it tomorrow. But how about Arkansas taking on South Carolina? Great uh, matchup. Yeah, that that is that's a really really good matchup. The only, the only problem is that Chris Childs for Arkansas is out, and he was oh. uh, he's definitely not the the best. Uh, that, that kid uh, uh, Blackman from Oklahoma State, the best receiver in the country. But yeah, he he was up there, coach. You're talking about a guy that was averaging 20 yards of reception. Mm-hmm. He's a grown man. 
So, have you seen, by the way, have you seen South Carolina's wide receivers? All of them, they're all bigger than Terrell Owens. They're all six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds. They got they got a guy by the name of Gurley, mm-hmm. and he's he's a grown up man. And then they got another guy, Jeffrey Coach. So when you watch that game, you're just going to your your mouth's going to drop when you see the size of South Carolina's wide receivers. I don't know. Schwarzenegger would call that receiver a, a real Gurley man. You Gurley man. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to take a quick break. A very distraught David Olson on the other side of the glass. He's not happy right now. Uh, big dog and a coach with you up until 11 o'clock. I'm kidding, David. Uh, 888-463-6748, our phone number. When we come back, Big Dog is going to tell us what's wrong, if anything, with our defending champion, Blackhawks. And I will break down. Not sure what I'm going to break down. I might just break down. Back in a minute. Welcome back. Two guys in a mic show, TalkZone.com. Quick breaks, quick breaks here on the show. Big Dog and the Coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We talk college football. More coming tomorrow on a football Friday. The NFL weekend coming up. Bears taking on the Buffalo Bills. Big Dog, uh, not exactly uh, a lot of notoriety throughout the nation on the Chicago Bears-Buffalo Bills game. Interestingly, it will be played in Toronto, Canada. Is that just uh, Roger Goodell's effort to uh, get the fine sport of football out to other countries? Did we lose the dog? Big dog testing one, two, three, four. Well, I'm, I'm going to answer for the big dog and say, I'm assuming it is. Yeah. Right? Dog, you there? I'm sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. I, I, I got a. I, 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 never mind. I had a girl wash <laughs> I was mentioning Bears Buffalo in Toronto, and I'm trying to figure out why it's in Canada, and I was assuming it's Roger Goodell and the NFL people trying to uh, branch out the fine sport of football. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Coach. And uh, you know, you know, the Buffalo Bills sell out no matter what. So I, and and and, and so it's a little strange that they, that they're try, that they're using the Bills. But the last couple of years they've done this. And you know, to be honest with you, Canada's got their own football league. I don't understand why they're going to Toronto to do mm-hmm. that. But you know, they, they. I mean, I know maybe they're trying to force uh, Buffalo to to give them a new stadium or something like that because mm-hmm. you know the, the NFL's been known to. Try to throw their weight around, say they're going to move a team, and and the the word on the street is they're trying to see if Toronto would actually support an NFL team, mm-hmm. and they would move Buffalo over to uh, Toronto is, mm-hmm. is is what they're trying to do. It's, it's a little bothersome to be honest. You know, with you. David Olson, see if you're with me on this one. I'm going to make a kind of a quantum leap here, but is the fact that uh, the NFL people think the sport of football is so great, and that all these other countries over in Europe, all they need to do is just learn more about it and they'll find out how great football is, as opposed to their wonderful sport of soccer. It's almost comparable to where the United States has gotten in a little bit of trouble internationally, that thinking we are, we have a little superiority complex, we can go into other countries, and our way is the right way, and we tend to, uh, brag is even the wrong word, but we have that braggadocio, we have that, that, it's what's turned a lot of other countries off. 
Is there a little comparison there, how we think football is so great and that other countries are all just going to pick immediately? Well, not immediately, but will grow to love it as they get more familiar with the sport? No. You don't no. see that comparison? No, no, not at all. I just I think all they see is the you know dollars and cents. Ah. It's like, you know, it's... They're going to go over there. It's going to be a spectacle, and it's going to generate you know several million dollars of revenue every time okay. they do it. But but they're yeah, doing it too. But but their ultimate goal, big dog, is to have David Stern wants the NBA to have a, a European division five ten years. So it's not just one game and make money. They do have more grandiose goals. Well, but basketball is more of an international sport than American football is. I mean okay. that's I mean realistically there could be uh, NBA franchises in okay. Europe. Realistically, you're saying they could. football is more for just the initial yeah. the payday. Yeah, it's a, it's a Northern okay. American sport. I, I don't yeah, exactly right. And but you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this: as a diehard American football fan, I love the fact that they go to different parts of the world to try to spread the spread the word of football, the gospel of football, as it might be. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, as far as its international appeal on a regular basis, look at how NFL Europe crashed and burned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it you know, once once the once the initial once the initial novelty wore off, that you know they didn't care. The Europeans didn't care. Yeah, and, and and like if like the the Edinburgh team, the the only teams that did well at all were the teams in in Germany and the teams in in London. Like the everybody else in Europe, they wouldn't go to the games at all. They would have like eight thousand people at the game. Like the Germans love football, and 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 people in England. There's, there's a niche. There's a football niche there, without a doubt, Coach. I mean, there's 100,000 people went to that game that was the, some two of the most average football teams in the world in uh, the 49ers and the Broncos. So I, I don't see it as that. I, I just see that, like David said, it's just purely about money is mm-hmm. the, re- the reason why they're doing it. And mm-hmm. But and I, I love the fact that there was a lot of people there from England who love football. Mm-hmm. Well, to- I, I just tend to think that our country thinks, you know, football is the greatest. We're so one-sided. And I do think there's some political comparisons here that automatically, once, you know, people in Europe find out about the game, you know, they're going to love it. Well, no. And it's the exact same thing as us here in America not picking up on soccer. Where they absolutely love soccer, you know, and, and a lot of – Ninety percent of the sports fans here are sports talk people. You know, people on TV they'll make fun to some extent of the game of soccer. So it's comparable there, and, and you know, football is no greater than their version of football, which is of course what we know as soccer. No, I'm going. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Which part? I, 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 like, and, I'm not even sure all, what the you, hell you I said. Real, I might, I might disagree realize. with myself on this one. What, what did I say? You do realize I am one of those people that don't rip uh, soccer. No, you've been, I, I actually, you, I think yeah. it's an unbelievably beautiful sport. I yes. love the game. Okay, so I'm not sitting there bashing, but I'm I just as a as a normal human being, every single soccer player is exactly the same size. They're all five foot nine, 170 pounds. Not okay. necessarily true, but continue. But what I like about football is you need so many different styles and so many different types of athletes. Yeah. That uh, to me, uh, that's what I love about football is you need guys that are my size, you need guys that are your size, guys that are David Olson size, mm-hmm. guys that are bigger than us, guys that are smaller than us. Everybody has their role, so anybody can play the game of football. It's yeah, as, as long as, as long as you work at being an athlete, you can be five foot eight, one hundred and seventy pounds, and make it in the yeah, NFL. I'm not sure I agree with that analysis. I think you got to be outside of the field goal kickers. You got to be pretty big, strong, powerful. The rare one percent of the one percent that can make it. And I'll throw that back. Even if you're right, I'll throw this back at you. The game of soccer is better than the game of football or baseball because we don't stop the action all the time. We don't go to commercial breaks in soccer or in European football. It's constant action. So take that.
Mr. Big I, I wouldn't say constant action. I, I definitely would not say well, that. Well, <laughs> okay, and, and and I'm with you. Commercial breaks are ridiculous. Yeah. They're, they're, it, it, it's moronic, but you know, then he, but in in soccer, I mean, you win because you acted. Oh, you, the guy hit me and I fell down. Oh, well, and you're I got right about kick that. And we win one nothing. You're you know? right. The oh. flopping is an issue. Big issue. Yeah, but yeah, every, I'm, sp- I'm, every not, sport. I'm not going to. I don't want to get into this because okay. beyond, I don't want to sit there and bash soccer. I'm mm-hmm. not one of those type of football fans. Okay. I appreciate the sport. I, okay, I, so. What I'm bashing is the Americans' arrogance towards the sport of football. That's what I'm bashing. And I love football, but you know everybody in Europe is not going to love football, just like everybody here doesn't love soccer. And I think sometimes we in America have this uh, arrogance about us that our way is the better way, both politically and in sports. I, I, I will say this, though. To the to the Europeans that do love football, yes. it, it, it it warms the cockles of my heart. Well, I'm sure they're thrilled to hear that. And, and as you know, over the Internet, some of the cockles of your heart are being heard right now over in uh, some of the fine countries. So somebody could be being cockled as we speak. As a matter of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, one of my producers was look, were looking up my numbers. We're, our numbers, excuse us, Coach. Yes. We're huge in Nigeria. Really? <laughs> Nigeria? Yes. There is a prince right now, uh-huh. a former cabbie, listening to us right now in Nigeria. Oh, huge in Nigeria. Shocking. Shocking. Because I knew we were big in Algeria, but I did not know we were big in Nigeria. I also knew that with cab drivers, we're very, very popular, especially cab drivers that don't really understand English that well. I was not aware of our Algerian popularity. Oh, yeah. Very big in Algeria. you got to check our ratings more often. We have it all broken down. This is the first time I've ever done it, Coach. And to yeah. be quite, it's alarming. It's scary. Yeah. Well, and it's nice to know, though. The one constant has been breastfeeding moms still. Still our number one listening audience, Big Dog. And that's been a constant. I don't know about you, but for me, a tremendous source of comfort. I, I don't know very many breastfeeding moms. Yep. So it's, it's, that's good to know that they're listening. Yeah, though, I guarantee if you're if you're breastfeeding and you live in Algeria or Nigeria right now, there's a solid chance you're listening to the two guys in a mic show and uh, taking Illinois in the points, as Big Dog just suggested you might. And then how many times have you won the Nigerian lottery, Coach? Just wondering. Not often. I, I get an email every day that I won it. It's, <laughs> I, can you imagine my luck? Unbelievable. Oh. Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. Big Dog and a coach coming at you here up until 11 o'clock. Football Friday tomorrow. Up on the screen, Big Dog. i got to mention before I, I t- give your take on our ex, our, ex, our defending uh, Stanley Cup champion, Blackhawk. But they're picturing the beautiful, beautiful horse that is known as Zenyatta. She's going to be racing Saturday in the uh, Breeders' Cup, the greatest of greatest racing days. 19 starts in her career, 19 wins. This one may be her last big dog. She's six years old. She's getting up. They may put her out to stud. No no male, the, the guy horses might not even be interested. Six years old. 19 out of 19. If she wins, and don't forget, she'll be racing against the best horses in the country and the best horses internationally. If she can win this one, does she go down with the secretary to the world of some of the greats? Um, you're going to have to answer that question, Coach. I, what, what do I know about horse racing? I know much about horse racing as I do about politics. Okay. Boy, she's so, beautiful uh, too. Beautiful, beautiful horse. She well, shines. That that uh, they must brush her a lot. Yeah, she got that shine to her, but the pressure's on. And don't kid yourself, horses feel pressure. But a female, six years old, big dog, she's getting up in years. Are you worried about the uh, post? Stud career, or do you think they'll find horses still interested? I, I'm sure they'll be able to find some horses that's right. uh, willing to do the mounting coach. Okay. 
So they got to find the right horse because it's not like it's a, a male horse that you can just set out there and, it's, you know, you'll have, uh, yeah. you know, 20 uh, babies, you know, that they, they can only do it like once or twice. That's what I'm know? talking about. Yeah, she's up yeah. in years. Up in years. But they got to keep racing her. 19 out of 19. Make sure you check out the Breeders' Cup this weekend. Take a break from football. Watch do some horses. Do you think they'll do some, like, artificial? Because I, I know they've frozen some secretariat and some other stuff. You know Ooh. what I mean? The, yeah, so do wow. some artificial insemination. This horse, I mean, Zenyatta. You will wake up one day pregnant, and, you know, she'll think that she's like the Virgin Mary or something like that. Interesting. I did not know we artificially inseminate horses, but I'm sure it could be done. I wonder if Citation left a few uh, traces, if you will. I'm, I'm sure there's some of that around, Coach. <laughs> I don't want to think... fact, I did a shot at a bar one time <laughs> called the Citation. All right. Hey, ho, blue, 41, red, 70, let's moving don't right along. Blue. Don't say blue. Moving right along, uh, Mr. Radwanski, let me uh, quickly ask you, the Blackhawks lose yesterday to another last-place team, 5-3. to three. They're 7-7 seven and seven on the year. They are not the same Hawk team as last year. Matter of time before they turn it around, or do you think they gave away too many players and just thought they could come back to their greatness and it's not going to happen? I, I do want you to use the terminology. Right? Don't just say gave away. It's the fact that this, the way the – the cost of bargaining agreement is that they couldn't sign all those guys. But, yeah, I, I do think they got rid of the wrong players. They didn't re-sign the right ones, and now they're, they're really going to pay for it. So I, I do think they will be above 500 by the time that this year's over with. I don't think they're going to be, you know, 40 and 40 when the year's up. But mm-hmm. I am worried about what they're going to be in the playoffs this year because uh, uh, they lost a couple really quality hockey players, you know, especially in Dustin Bufflin. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about it, Coach. I'm going to give you a 3-2-1, and the one, and I remember saying it the day after, the trade happened. And I said that was the straw that broke the camel's back. They went too far, and this Hawk team will not return, not get anywhere close. Uh, and I'll do it like hockey does with a star number three, star number two, star number one. Star number three, Dustin Bufflin. That hurt. I think they could have overcome that, but that definitely hurt. Star number two, he barely even played last year, but but he was part of the panache, part of the chemistry, part of the uh, the – Winning tradition that they had both locker room and on the ice. I'm talking about Adam Burrish. They miss Adam Burrish, big dog yeah, in my big opinion. Time, coach, I agree totally and, with the Burrish one too. And number one, clearly first and foremost, the guy that they went too far, and that was Steger, Chris Versteeg. When they gave him away, one step too far, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, and I think that was a big, big mistake. He was part of the zippity doodah that had the hawk going last year. Hey, Coach, you know, we disagree on a lot of stuff. I'm going to have to agree with with all those, and uh, I, I like the order that you put him in. Chris Versteeg is, and he's young, and and he's a playmaker, you know, so not only, you know, like the whole, the stuff, Adam Burris does the little things, you know what I mean, that maybe a lot of hockey fans uh, don't re- realize what he's doing out there uh, on the ice, you know, he's one of those grinders, guys that help you win games, and they really miss him. But for Stig, it was obvious what he brought to the table. That guy was just, he did stuff with the puck that you just shook your head. They, they needed to figure out a way yep. to keep him around. Yep. And yeah, you're exactly right. They miss him big time, Coach. Right. So you are predicting the Blackhawks. Uh, it sounds like they'll be okay, and that's the best word for it. They'll make the playoffs, but we're not going to see the magic of last year. Is that what the hockey expert Big Dog would predict? I, I'm, I'm a little worried about what, where the Hawks are going now, Coach, yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm a little worried that uh, – uh, uh, who knows whether they're going to be three or four years from now. 
Mm-hmm. But and and I don't blame management totally for this, but they, I wish they were a little better of who they were mm-hmm. keeping, who they weren't keeping. But the, the way the collective bargaining agreement is in, in hockey, if you win the Stanley Cup, your team's going to get broke up. And you know, so don't blame the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. They they would be more than willing to have paid all these players. They just couldn't. They have a hard cap in the NHL, and it's low. It's not very high. So, right. Real quick, I want to get to one other thing and then preview your show tomorrow with Brian. Football Friday coming up on tomorrow's show. But uh, real quick, I heard something, and it just brought back. I had almost forgot about this. San Francisco Giants had their parade yesterday. Congratulations, 2010 World Series champs. It was a great story, but I almost forgot how close the San Francisco Giants, big dog, came to not even making – the playoffs, it came down to the final two or three days. Yes, the, the, they were battling with the Padres. And remember, the Padres were in first place for most of the season. Yeah. And it was the Cub that beat the Padres, right, uh-huh. the Liz? Yeah, so, exactly. So here's a team that won it all, and they were on the verge of, of, of not getting knocked out in round one, not round two, of not even being in the dance. Yeah, and it's I amazing. really think that helps them. And, you know, every year I say that, yep. don't I, Coach? Like, you know what, I would rather – a team is better off battling all the way down to the end of the year to get playoff tested to win in the playoffs mm-hmm. than they are to cruise and have the best record and all that stuff. I mean, if you think about how many teams uh, – okay, the Yankees were in all year long, okay? The Phillies in 08, they basically – they cruised. But when you start talking about all the other – the Red Sox in 07 had a battle all the way down to the end. The Cardinals barely made the playoffs. They won 83 games that season. They barely made the playoffs. The White Sox, everybody remembers, they were not supposed to make the playoffs at the end of the year because they had a collapse in the middle of September. And I'm sure David Olson remembers that and probably, you know, it burned a hole in his stomach around September 20th uh, of 05. And that's because they cruised all year long and all of a sudden they barely made the playoffs. And look, they were awesome. And then, uh, 04, the, the, you know, the Red Sox, they, they kind of cruised. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's been a lot of instances yeah. where teams barely made the playoffs in baseball and, they were the ones that ended up winning the World Series, and I really think it's because you become playoff tested. Keep your edge. Keep your edge. Uh-huh. All right, Big Absolutely. Doll, we got to wrap it up. Uh, speaking of the edge, you and Double B in a football Friday. I'll be calling in now because, as you know, i got two consecutive three, you know, beat the Schmo weeks going on. So uh, you better bring your A game tomorrow, okay? I, I will bring my A game, and we're not talking any politics at all whatsoever tomorrow. It's up to you and Brian. He's driving the show. You are, too. Have a great one, Bri- uh, Joe. All right, Big Dog signing off. Have a great day, everybody. TalkZone.com, two guys in a mic, signing off. Football Friday tomorrow. We'll see you then.